you would, turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20, and in just a moment we'll read beginning in verse 8. A couple of years ago, I, I realized that I was regularly tired. And uh, most people, uh, I don't let most people see that side of me. Because when I'm, I'm going, I, uh, I'm usually going full speed, or at least I like to think that I'm going full speed, like to make everybody else think that. However, uh, my family was noticing that. I was, I was coming home from work and I would, I would start to fall asleep on the couch. I mean, like before dinner, not like normal times. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Gloria, uh, Gloria noticed that uh, every morning I was waking up and I was not feeling rested. She would ask me, like, you, you seem like you're still tired. Um, and, and so after much convincing Gloria, uh, from Gloria, I guess she convinced me to go to the doctor. And so I had to take all these weird sleep tests and wires were all on my head and my chest and my, even like my feet. It was, it was odd. But what the test revealed is that on a regular night of sleep, I stop breathing every two minutes. And uh, if you can imagine, that's not good for sleep. Uh, so I did not know it, it but what it meant was that I, I wasn't resting well. I was never really getting into that good, healthy pattern of sleep. And so, uh, yeah, it also means that my oxygen levels drop by about 15 points uh, throughout the night and they, they stay really low, which means I, I don't, uh, that causes all kinds of other issues or can. And I hate this about me. Right, if I'm, if I'm being just completely honest, I debated on even telling you this about me because it's like uh, acknowledging something that I really don't like to acknowledge, which is a complete pride issue. But like, I hate to acknowledge that I'm like human. Right, that I'm just like another person. Uh, Gloria reminds me of this in the most loving of ways. Uh, no, but I don't like admitting when I'm sick. I don't like to admit when I'm tired because that would mean, right, I'm not the, the superhuman, go all the time, never stop, never need to stop, never need to pause, uh, that I want to be. And maybe you're totally fine with admitting that you're tired or that you're sick or that you aren't able to handle something on your own. But what I believe is that commandment number four is intended to remind us who is God and who is not God. Commandment number four is a reminder to us that we must pause. We serve a God who doesn't have to pause. He, we don't have to wake him from his sleep to talk to him. We don't have certain hours of the day in which he is uh, interruptible and some that are not. And so what we see in this necessity to rest, to pause, is a reminder that we are not God and that we need the one who is. So look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 8 and following. It says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath 
to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant, your female servant, your livestock, or the sojourner who is with you in your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Like so many, uh, as we have seen so far, like the other three before, and like I am confident we will see in the commandments after, there is much more to this commandment than just keeping the seventh day as a day of not work. Right? It is that, but it is so much more than that. Right? The need for rest, even the reality of a need for sleep is... Uh, a reminder for us in, in so many ways of who God is. And I was, I was thinking about this. Um, sleep is a sign of trust and a sign of humility, right? You're trusting that in between the time you go to sleep and the time you wake up, that the one who is in control will actually control all the things that you think you have a handle on. It's a sign of trust. It's a sign of humility because you have to pause. D.A. Carson says it this way, sometimes the godliest thing you can do in the universe is get a good night's sleep. It's not even pray all night, he says, but sleep. I'm certainly not denying that there may be place for praying all night. I'm merely insisting that in the normal course of things, spiritual discipline obligates you to get the sleep your body needs. In fact, uh, Kylie taught on rest at a recent uh, missions conference. Uh, and so I, I have to credit him for some of the, the notes that I got from him. I'm incredibly thankful for his, his research in this area. But I want you to see this, that, that this, this command is a uniquely is a call back to creation. And some of the other commands, they're, they're even a reminder of who God is for the people of Israel as he has brought them out of Egypt. And so he reminds them of that often. But in this case, it's a call back to creation. Did you notice that real quick, uh, uh, verse, verse uh, 11, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. This is a, a call back to creation. This is reminding us. In fact, it's even telling us, it's kind of answering the question, why? Why should we take this Sabbath day holy, this seventh day of the week? Why should it be holy? I want to spend some more time there, but because I've realized that this might come with some questions, I, I want to try to clarify some things. Sabbath was really Saturday. Uh, in the Jewish calendar, right, that would have been the seventh day, still for us, the seventh day. So some of you have grown up thinking that today, Sunday, is the Sabbath. It's not. Uh, it, it, is, it is a good day, and is it a day that we, many of us choose to rest the most Hopefully you're not resting too much right now, right? Uh, but it is a day that we have set aside as a, as a particular day for worship. It is a day that we worship in the morning. Sometimes we worship in the evening as well. We, we gather together. And so we have thought, we've assumed that this is the, the holy day. But really, 
it's that Saturday was intended to be a day of rest, a day of pause. And so uh, some, I've even been asked before, like, hey, Sunday doesn't seem very restful to you. Some of you, like, it's, it's a busy day. Some of you who are working uh, preschool or teach a life group or have other things going on, it doesn't feel like a, a, a very restful day. So I would just help you understand that, help us all understand that that's not today. Sunday is not the Sabbath day. So we're not, we're not arguing whether or not uh, about which day is the day we're supposed to call the holy day. We want to see a little bit more about why we should take this day at all. Right? Commandment four is a reminder of the God of creation. And he tells us this, that there are regular rhythms of rest. Right? There are regular rhythms in, in life that remind us of our need for rest. In fact, Genesis 1, and God said, let there be lights in the expanse of heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, right? He's, he's telling us from the get-go, there's going to be day and night and those signs, the sun and the moon and the stars, these are going to be signs for us of the, the regular patterns of rest, of, of rhythms of life, day and night. Like that's the, the most uh, simple one, right? Kevin DeYoung says, we don't have healthy routines. If we don't have healthy routines, we can't keep our feasting and fasting apart. Evening and morning have lost their feel. Sunday even has lost its significance. Everything is blurred together. The, the faucet is just a constant drip. If you don't have day and night, you, you don't have anything to cause you to pause. My youngest, uh, we, we don't go, well, let's just say this. Um, Zeke, Zeke is full speed all the time. Uh, and so Zeke is very confused when we go to bed and the sun is still outside, right? And these, these the longer days these days, uh, but too bad, buddy, it's bedtime, right? And so, so that feels like you look outside, but, but that's the rhythm. The rhythm is that uh, when dark comes, things start to kind of shut down. At least they, they should. There, there's, there's need for this, but we have this habit of not liking any pause, especially in our Western culture. We are terrible at this. We are the worst at pausing, resting. In fact, we, we kind of think that everybody else uh, just doesn't get it. Maybe we like to think that they don't work as hard as us because they take a break. But what we actually learn is that many who take breaks can go longer and harder and better because they, they've learned how to recover. They've learned how to, that, to use their body to its maximum. Did you realize that the weak like the, the seven-day week was created by God, not by like the sun in the sky. Listen to this, Genesis 2. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work and he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it God rested from all his work that he had done. Here's the thing. Uh, nobody says something about the eighth day, the ninth day, the tenth day, Right? It's like it just starts back over with day one, 
Right? So it's, there's seven days, and then there's another seven days, and then there's another seven days. This is a week. And these weeks turn into months, which turn into years, which turn into seasons. And so you have winter, spring, summer, and fall. These are these regular rhythms, patterns. And I realize that here in Mississippi, we kind of have a season with a sprinkling of frozen tundra. Right? It's just... Like, I get it, that's where we're at, and there are some parts of the world that you're like, I don't feel like they ever get any other seasons, but, but the reality of the way life goes is that life has those seasons. And there is, there is times and days and weeks and months, and, and all of these things are designed for us to see the regular rhythm, the regular pattern of needed rest. So, as we continue to even unpack some of the why, think about the way in which you rest and how that brings about a respect for God with our time. This is designed to cause us to honor God with our time. You see, rest is restoring the order of God's creation in our lives. It's like it's, it's reminding us of this again and again. Psalm 3, I lay down and slept. I woke again for the Lord sustained me. Psalm 4, in peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You ever thought about that in your sleep? Ever thought about the fact that when you lay down, you're saying, okay, God, you're the only one who keeps me safe. You're the one who's guarding me. You're the one who's protecting me. We're, we're showing God that, that he is the one, he's the only one that doesn't need sleep. And so we're respecting him even with our time, even with our rest. And third, this idea of the, the, the why behind this, we recall God's provision. I want you to imagine as best as possible the, the people that are originally hearing these commands, right? The people of Israel have just exited Egypt. And you need to remember that the, the evil Pharaoh and all of those Egyptians that were enslaving the Israelite people, it seemed really that they were attempting to remove those healthy rhythms for the Israelites, right? I mean, Exodus 1, 11. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. So they were to have to build Pharaoh, store cities for Python and Ramses. And so, right, right? so we know that they're going to have to work extra hard. But then he, he says in uh, Exodus 5, but the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you take the people away from their work? Go back to your burdens. He doesn't even want them to pause to, to hear Moses and Aaron talk to them, explain to them. He doesn't want that at all. Exodus 14, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, what is this that we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? He's, he's, do you remember how he doubles down and makes them work extra hard? 
right? They, not only are, is he taking away like the, uh, the, the different way to make bricks easier. He, he says, you've got to work harder and we're going to double the amount you've got to do. Guess what that means they've got to do? Work twice as hard, twice as fast. So no, no time for rest, no time for pause. In fact, why are you, why are you pausing at all? And you may not be enslaved right now, but do you ever feel like that at your work? Twice as hard, twice as fast. You, something gets asked of you and you do a really good job at it. And so then they say, hey, do more of that and faster with less budget. Yeah. And, and so the, the, the pressure just rises and goes. And, and so then what happens? You continue to put that, on, that pressure on yourself. You continue to, to work harder and faster, but that just means that you're really just working longer. Your day goes from an eight to five to a, a six to 10, right? Your, your days go longer. Maybe you pause just for a moment to, to have a meal with your kids and then you go right back at it. Your, your phone's always out, always checking email, always responding to all the things that are emergency to someone else. Urgent's gotta be answered right now. See, what we ought to do is be recalling God's provision. What, what, the, what the release of slavery did for the Israelites was to bring back rhythms. So Exodus 16, they have now been set free. They've crossed the Red Sea and he says to them, this is what the Lord has commanded. Tomorrow is a day of solemn rest. A holy Sabbath to the Lord. Bake what you will bake and boil what you will boil and all that is left over lay aside to be kept till the morning. Did you catch that? What, 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 what the Lord commands of the people of Israel after a treacherous several weeks of seeing and wondering if they're going to get to leave, what's going to happen, are they going to go, are they not going to go, is Pharaoh going to release them, then they, they get released, then they, they cross the Red Sea, they see the Egyptian army destroyed in the Red Sea, and, and what he commands is not, hey, let's, let's build some more stuff. Let's work harder today. What does he say? rest. Take a deep breath. Go, go ahead, bake what you need to bake so that you don't have to bake tomorrow. Boil what you need to boil so you don't have to boil tomorrow. Have, have your food ready for the next day so that tomorrow you can really just enjoy the rest. This is, that's why this is in here. This is one of the big 10, one of the 10 words chosen because it's a reminder for us to bring back the rhythms of life, the rhythm, rhythms of rest. But what I want you to, to hear in this command is that rest doesn't come from a practice of stopping, but rest comes from a person. His name is Jesus. This is why Jesus himself says in Matthew 11, come to me, all who labor 
and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You all might, might want to write that one down. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Because if I, if I know you like I think I know you, you need to hear like I need to hear all who labor and are heavy laden come to Jesus and rest. Right? How often is it that your answer to the, how's everything been going? Is, man, it's busy. Man, it's just constant. It's all the time. It's full speed. Man, we're, we're getting after it. That's often my answer. Going, going, going. And rocking and rolling at our house. And, and all who labor, all who are are heavy laden with your work. Sun up to sundown. Busy, busy, busy. Jesus says, I'll give you rest. It's not, it's not like a going away for a vacation. It's not like you just, you, you know those times where you like, you go away on a vacation, but if you've got kids, like, you need a vacation from your vacation? It's, it's, not, it's not that. It's that Jesus is your rest. And I was thinking about this, that even here in the middle of the sermon, that, that some of you who are, have not yet chosen to follow Jesus, you need to hear this, that you are, you are spinning like a hamster on a wheel. You're just going, 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 and you're going nowhere. And you need to hear that your work is in vain. You're, you're just trying for nothing. You, you're not, it's, it's, it's worse than a treadmill. Like you're probably going backward, right? And, and what Jesus says is come to me. And not only, not only will you actually be with me, but I'll give you rest. It won't be a treadmill. It won't be a hamster wheel. You'll be with me. Your, your labor can, can be put on pause because with me, I do the work. I do what's necessary so that, so that you can rest. You see, this, this is a call back to creation to remind us of, of how long this has been around remind us of who really is God. But in reality, what this means for us is that it is a command to cease. Keeping the Sabbath day holy is a command to stop. It really answers, I want to try to answer the question, how? So you say, yes, Chad, I get it. I want to I do that. I see why we should do that. I see that we should be ones who rest in Jesus. That sounds good. How do, we, how do we do that? I would say stop. Pause. 
maybe look for ways that your answer to everyone's question of how you are doing doesn't have to be that you are so busy. Again, I, I confessed even at the beginning, I, don't, I, I like for people to think that I am hardworking, that I am busy, that I am constant, that I am... And we, we want everybody else sometimes to think that they couldn't possibly understand what it's like to be in the job that we are in because we have it so much busier than whatever job they have. And when you run into the person who has the same job as you, you just like commiserate on how your jobs are equally as difficult. So how do we, how do we move away from that, that culture that says we're supposed to not rest? We're supposed to only live in exhaustion. I would say one, we should prepare ahead of time, right? In the same way that they were to prepare, bake, and boil the night before for the next day, have, have things ready so that the day of rest could actually come. You ever thought that it's good for you to think about bedtime? Not like all day long, but like Okay, when, when are we planning to go to bed? When is that going to be? I want to be prepared for when bedtime comes because when bedtime comes, I don't want to have to uh, still be doing all of the things that have to be done, right? I want, to, I want to be ready for that. And if I'm going to be ready for that, then I need to be ready for the morning so that when I lay in the bed, I can actually rest. Ever thought about, okay, if this weekend is supposed to have some time of, of rest in it, if I'm supposed to, to actually breathe a, a, a little bit and my, my family, we're going to relax a little bit. We're going to pause a little bit, not just for me, right? Not just so that I can say I rested, but, but even really for my relationship with the Lord. Then, then how do I plan the weekend accordingly? What things do I have to say no to? See, your rest for this to, to not just be hitting the pause button, but actually be holy, it seems as if it should be a rest that is pointing us to Jesus. Resting in time with the Lord shouldn't feel like work. And I think for, if you're like me, that too many times my, my time with the Lord, my time of opening his word can feel like work. It's, it's studying. It's trying to make sure I understand all of the, the words. I'm trying to uh, figure out how I can teach it better, how I can preach it better, how I can communicate it, instead of just resting with Jesus. Jesus himself wants to rest with the Father. Mark 1.35 says that even when it was still dark, very early in the morning, he departed, went to a desolate place, went to a solitary place where he prayed. And so if the second person of the Trinity thought it was a good idea to pause, to spend time with the Father, shouldn't we? See, it, it didn't seem like it was work. It's just... No, I'm getting up early to spend time with the Father. Mark 6 says that the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. They went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. 
Jesus is helping the disciples say, I see you worked hard. You did all of these things. You, you brought about good. You, you, you were healing. You were pointing people to Jesus. You were doing these things. That's excellent. Now, come rest. Come rest with me. I wonder if you plan and prepare for rest. In fact, maybe you could start looking at regular markers for you. What does daily rest in Jesus look like? Like every day, what, what might that look like? Is that early in the morning? Is that in the evening? Is that a pause in the middle of the day? What could that look like? And, and this is like your homework, right? What does daily rest with Jesus look like? What does weekly rest with Jesus look like? Is it, is it in this space? Sunday after Sunday, you're going to say, okay, I'm not, I'm not missing this time. This is, this is filling for me. I just get to soak in the word. What about monthly? Is there something you might do month after month? Maybe as a family, you gather together and say, okay, we're going to just this month, we're going to think about this truth of God. Maybe even annually. Maybe every several years, right? There's what's called a sabbatical. Maybe, maybe that happens uh, in your work. Maybe that happens just in life that you hit pause for a, a longer period of time. And you say, okay, not just pause from all things in life, but you just, you just hit pause for a moment to spend more intensified time with the Lord, to rest in him unhindered. Prepare ahead of time. Think about each of these areas daily, weekly, monthly, annually. How can we as a family, how can I as an individual be looking for these pauses of rest? Sabbath. Th then I would say that in your how, you might consider how you can provide rest for others. Right, it, it can be, um, you look around at, at family members, at friends, and you see that it, it is hard for them to find those moments of pause. So how can you, as a brother and sister in Christ, help them see rest? Right, I, I think about, this is one of the ways Jesus did so. He entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand. They watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him. He said to the man with the withered hand, come here. And he said to them, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to kill? Of course, they were silent. He looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart and said to them, stretch out your hand. He stretched out his hand and his hand was restored. Jesus was more concerned with the, the rest that is being provided as he heals this man than the, than the letter of the law to, to rest on the Sabbath. He was keeping the Sabbath day holy, right? By providing rest for someone else. So if you believe that true Sabbath rest comes from Jesus then sharing Jesus is the ultimate form of providing rest for someone else. 
When you see your neighbors and your coworkers and your classmates and your friends and your friends' friends and how, how swamped they are and how busy they are and how hard life is for them, wouldn't it be good for you to point them to the one who can give them rest? When they're always frantic in their mind, always like unable to pause, unable to stop, and they, they're able to rest because they rest in Jesus? Wouldn't it be good for you to be able to point them to him? The final thing I would say about kind of a how, a how-to is to partake in eternal peace. To consider how you can partake in this peace that is offered to us forever. In fact, Kylie said it right before uh, he quoted Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. I'm not good at that. I'm not good at the still. Like it is a discipline for me to to stop. But I will say this, that that's how spiritual disciplines work. Right? You do have to discipline yourself. You do have to say, stop. I find myself like, liking the ones that are more active, right? The disciplines that, that have movement with them. But this is be still and know that I am God. Be still. That might mean remove distractions from you. It might mean uh, getting rid of social media for a while. It might mean not pulling up your phone. It might mean... Uh, turning off the TV, it might mean turning off the radio, when the car, it might be turning off the podcast, it might be any, uh, putting down the book, it might be any of these things, just, just stop, be still, and know that he is God. Donald Whitney says that while some advocate a kind of meditation in which you do your best to empty your mind, Christian meditation, this act of pausing in this way, involves filling your mind with God and his truth. So in your being still, we're not just trying to empty our mind. We're trying to fill our mind with Christ. I was thinking about probably the the most significant connection to rest in the New Testament is in, found in the word abide. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that I may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into a fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 
By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments and abide in his love, you will abide in my love. Hear that? Abide and rest, rest in me. Unless you rest in me, whoever rests in me, apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not rest in me, he's thrown away. If you rest in me, and my words rest in you, rest. Remember, you are not God. You require rest. Every single night, you're reminded, or you should be, you're not God. You need him. You need him again tonight. You need him tomorrow morning. Every single week, come back again to say, I need you, God. Every single month you come back, I need you, God. Every year, it's a return to the reality that you need God. My prayer is that God would teach us, show us how to rest in him. Right? When everything else feels like we can't control or we, we are trying to figure it out ourselves, just rest in him. As a dad, I, there's, there's things I want to control, right? I want to fix the problems. I want to answer the questions. I want to do it all. And when there's nothing you can do, right? When it's like all out of your hands, you know, the, you know what you can do? Rest. You can rest in him because you can know that he's in control. So again, for those of you who don't know of this rest, don't know of this peace that passes all understanding, this this Sabbath that is offered to you, I plead with you to turn away from your work, your effort, your trying over and over and simply rest. Trust in Jesus for that salvation. In fact, in just a minute when we stand to sing, there will be some here to my left who would love to talk with you about what it looks like to rest in Jesus. For those of us that know him, if this brought conviction to you in these next moments, don't wait to confess your sin to the Lord. Confess it now. God, I'm sorry that I'm trying to do it all myself. Sorry that I'm trying to fix it, solve it, answer it. Help me rest in you. Help me abide in you. Do you stand with me as we respond?